Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Jared Brandon. Whoa, that was, you really let us have it with that, didn't you? <laughs> Jared Brandon. Chris Graham. Me, Todd Novak, and our very special guest. Uh, Matt Olson of Metaverse Electronics. Yay for that. That is our special guest uh, this episode, everybody. I told you on Instagram we had some super special guests coming on. And I'm delivering. That's what I'm doing right now. Get back over there. You just rolled over. You almost rolled over my toe. You pointed something and I wanted to look. Oh, yeah. Just for your edification, the uh, fellow that we have on the line across the way makes some really awesome pedals and some he he's got a very unique approach to them uh you may have seen his work <laughs> it's kind of weird your work is kind of twofold you make pedals but your work is also now i think recognized uniquely on instagram because of your video backgrounds which is really cool uh, yeah I, I try and look at it more of a as an art project to a certain degree yeah well it's coming through um, and that's one of the things when I, when I first saw your posts on Instagram, I was like, whoa, wait a minute, this is cool. And then I found out about your, and then I was like, well, let me see what the pedals are about. And then I was like, whoa, wait a minute, these are cool. <laughs> so without further ado, we're going to get right into this. We hope everybody's having an excellent day, whether you're driving in the car, listening at home, listening on a plane. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I could go down the <laughs> rabbit hole there. Let's get into what is going on in our music universe today. I'm trying to talk. I was talking like that on purpose because one of my favorite podcasts is Men in Blazers. I'm a huge uh, premier soccer fan. And uh, Davo, for whatever reason, when he gets ready to talk about something, he makes it a point and he talks like he's very staccato. And I was like, hmm. it seems like a trick. So I'm trying it. Is it working? <laughs> Oh yeah. I don't know. It maybe, got my attention. Maybe they're listening. If if Davo and Rod are listening, I love you guys. Oh. Anyways. Uh they're probably not, but that's okay. Uh oh, also, real quick, big shout out. Uh we, we sent uh we sent something over to um Mark Marin and hopefully he's uh, we sent him a shirt. Hopefully he, he likes it. Says something he on probably one of looks, podcasts. He probably looks There's really sexy in it. Awesome. Maybe he cut off the sleeves. I think he'd be a, like a sleeve cutter offer, maybe just around the house. He's he might be a sleeve cutter offer. I'm not really sure. Anyways, great podcast, the WTF podcast from Mark Maron. It's been around for a while. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. Um, I like the Gallagher interview particularly. Oh, it's an early one, but it's awesome. Yeah, it's the early one. ones are harder to find now. I mean, they're still there. It's just you got to subscribe yeah, to all pretty, kinds of yeah. crazy stuff. Uh, all right, Jared, why don't you lead us off here? This week, I had the pleasure to kind of rehaul a, a, a guitar, beautiful guitar. It's an Epiphone. Put a whole new wiring harness in it. I put all new pickups in it. And uh, the thing sounds just, it, it's, it's night and day from what it was. It, it had the Epiphone electronics. They're not terrible. They're not bad. But we kind of stepped it up a notch and, and uh, we went boutique. And the, it just turned the guitar into a tone machine. I love the the way this thing sounds, and I'm sure the customer is going to be very happy about it. I, I hope so, too. I hope that customer is very happy, considering it's me. That's right. We. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I asked Jared to take a look at my Sheraton 2, which I, I really love, uh, but I, I just knew he could step it up with his pickup, so he did that, and then he pulled it apart, and lo and behold, he said, hey, man, I, I just I don't feel comfortable putting putting these pickups in here without, you know, kind of redoing the electronics a little bit. So he's he went ahead and did that. So I can't wait to I haven't even heard it yet. It's sitting right in front of me, but I'm very excited to hear it. So much got obliged. Some, I took some pictures of it when uh, during the process. So you yeah. guys will get a visual. And it's cool because he just he just traded me some yard work, and I have to watch his dog while he goes out to dinner one night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was very nervous laughter from Jared. Um, so 
it, that's cool. So he did that. And guys, what we're going to do is we're going to do a full on uh, blog post about uh, that process because I think it's a, it's there's a couple things going on there. Uh, we've got um, uh, a a populous brand, so Epiphone. We've got pickup changes, which is uh, a, one of the the biggest things you can do to change your tone, and you also have the electronics on it, which is sort of a, a can be a dark magic to some. Yeah, it's it controls the pickups. I mean, it, the pickups Wait, go through the uh, electronics. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a huge deal. On, on top of that, we we were doing this through a semi hollow body, which yeah, I I did not. I didn't want to touch that with. T- I love working on guitars, and I looked at that f hole, and I just was like, "F that hole! I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to mess with this." Um, so let's hear from Matt. What have you been doing this week? Uh, trying to build a bunch of pedals for one, I guess. But uh, playing guitar, I've got a show coming up, and so just sort of trying to rehearse my own parts for that and get a little board put together uh which pedals (laughs) i want to use for it i guess excellent and i I guess i'm just trying to use only my own pedals besides a tuner i guess i haven't built a tuner but i sort of started really interesting if you did that yeah i don't think it's probably worth (laughs) you you can get a tuner for like four bucks i think so yeah true (laughs) uh what uh what kind of guitar are you playing uh, I play right now. I play a road worn Strat. It's my poor man's relic. I used to have a. I used to work at Dave's Guitar Shop here in Lacrosse. I don't know if you guys have heard of that. Yeah. Place, but uh, yeah, I worked there for about a year. It's been probably seven or eight years ago now. But during that process, you know, I pretty much had every boutique guitar and amp you can think of at least once because mm-hmm. <laughs> stuff would come in, and you know, you got used stuff especially and we we could also like a lot of times take things home to try especially the used stuff so that we knew the knew the stuff so during that process i sort of got to try out all the fantasy gear setups i guess to a certain degree wow (laughs) yeah and uh, luckily i've sort of gotten it out of my system saved my sanity (laughs) a bit but (laughs) so you get to divert money into building your pedal kingdom then yeah i mean building pedals is actually part of the it was to get me out of the gear mania was to sort of slow down the process. Well, now you have the advantage of knowing what a lot of different gear sounds like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. That helped. That's kind of like in the Seinfeld episode where he says sex to save the friendship. You know, like, <laughs> <huh>. <laughs> when, when they're trying to figure out, you know, anyways. Oh, I'm familiar. <laughs> um, that's cool. What color is that? Is that is that like your baby? Is that like your baby guitar? Or? Uh, I guess. I mean, it's black. I probably play this little like cheap Squire Strat that I sort of use as my test guitar when I'm working on pedals and stuff. That's probably gets played the most out of any. Any of the guitars at this point. Huh. I'm not really, I'm not really that sentimental about gear. I usually buy like the cheapest bargain bin <laughs> thing that I can be happy with because when I have the nice guitars, I'm too nervous to <laughs> take them out and gig with them, and I'm always freaking out about the humidity in the winter. Then and right, are is the band that you're playing in? Is that uh, something you've been in for a long time or? Uh, this show I have coming up is a. It's like a, sort of one of my own projects, so I actually like singing that one. Oh. But, I mean, I started playing guitar when I was, I guess, 14 or whatever and played in a band for a long time uh, based on that, and I just played guitar on that, and that was sort of more, I guess it was the 90s, so it was, you know, aggressive rock. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> cool, is, man. You know, so uh, let's let's uh, hop over to Chris, find out what's going on with him. Yeah, so um, not as much guitar this week as normal, but um, I, I'm i kind of to a good spot with my electric guitars right now where I've got my... my well, wait a minute. Actually, a lot's happened. I'm, I'm like, wait a minute. A lot's happened. Um, I finished a Telecaster build. and um, A thin line. A thin line Telecaster, and... This, uh, I've had, so I used to live in Athens, Ohio, and that's the home of Stuart McDonald, a.k.a. Stu Mac, 
the luthier supply company, probably top two or three or so in the world. And um, so lots of people that I knew worked there. And one of my good buddies um, gave me uh, this awesome um, body with a flame maple top, this thin line telly, and then gave me a neck that he had relicked. And it, I started to work on it about 10 years ago, and I tried to do a nitro finish on it, and I just ruined it. It was awful. And so I sort of through the podcast, I've been getting back into, you know, goofing around with guitars a little bit more than I, I was before and uh, decided I was going to go for it and figured out that you can strip nitrocellulose off a guitar body if it's nitrocellulose. A lot of times it's poly, poly. or something. Yeah. And just with acetone, a.k.a. nail polish remover, which you can buy for th- like three bucks a quart at the hardware store. So I wiped it all down, and it took me like 15 minutes to get it back to bare wood. It was awesome. And then I finished it in tongue oil. And tongue oil is this amazing, uh, it's a, an oil made from a nut. T-U-N-G, by T-U-N-G. the way. T-U-N-G. like oil from a cow's tongue or no, something. No, yeah, <laughs> it's T-U-N-G, and you essentially wipe it on with a piece of cotton, and then you let it dry, and then you wipe a little bit more on, and... You have to wait a long time for it to to set up, but it makes wood grain pop. It makes the grain very three-dimensional, much more so than a traditional um, finish. And uh, so I finished my tally build, and I put some some Brandon Wound pickups in there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it sounds stupid good. I'm obsessed with it. So I'm not playing my other guitars that much <laughs> right now. Just playing yeah. that telly a lot, and uh, it's been super fun. Really warm and glassy and flexible. Do just about anything I want with it. You know, I can make it sound like ACDC or make it sound like Mark Knopfler. You know, it's sweet. I love it. Yeah, those were the all Nico three that I did. For mm, you. I love it. Good big, pickups. big, 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 big fan. I paid my own money for them. It was great. So this is not an endorsement. This. The, an unpaid endorsement. This is a, uh, a for real. I believe in them. I was more than willing to pay for them. Mm. Thank you. I'm still, you know, I'm I'm on the edge. <laughs> um, so, what I have been doing this week, and as we wrap up our little "What Have We Done This Week" segment, um, drum roll. I got no. I don't actually do a drum roll. <laughs> So uh, I got a new, from speaking of Stu Mac, I got a, which we are not, we have no affiliation, uh, we are not supported or affiliated with StuMac.com. Good so, place though. Maybe yeah. someday. Um, I got a nice ebony bridge. That is nice. For my uh, Godin Archtop Fifth Avenue Kingpin. Uh, right now, it has a plastic Archtop bridge in it, which... It's kind of like, man, you went to all that trouble to make a nice guitar, but it's got, like, a plastic bridge. Like, I don't understand that. It does um, seem pretty silly. It, yeah, and it's, I mean, it's the kind of plastic where you, if, you, if you click it, it's like, wow, that's, like, really, really, really hard and very porous plastic. All the things that don't make resonance happy. Mm. Um. So I said, you know what? I would really like to change this out. And I, for, I think it was like, I th- it was only like 25 bucks, man. But this is, a, I mean, it's, I'll pass it around. This is a really well-finished ebony. Um, it's really light. Yeah. It, it, it's a, uh, what's the attenuated? No. Uh, compensated. Um, compensated bridge. Um, and it's the floating kind. So it's, if you, if you're changing the strings, Careful. <laughs> you got to mark where that bridge is supposed to go. Kind of like a violin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's essentially the same thing. So anyhow, I got that, and uh, Don't drop it. The, only, the only thing is, and this is what Chris was pointing out um, earlier in our, one of our phone conversations, but I'm going to have to do a little bit of sanding on this. Fortunately, not much. But uh, if you are out there and you are going to replace your bridge, if you have a... Uh, an arch top and it's not like a multi-thousand dollar arch top check your bridge might be made out of plastic and uh in doing so when you replace that 
there's the, the, the feet are curved, uh, the feet that sit on top of the arch body. And if you don't seat that properly, you'll probably get at, I mean, at worst, some weird vibrations and also, you know, that may affect your tone. I don't know. For sure. It definitely will. Chris says for sure. He's a, he's an acoustic fella. So the same goes for acoustic guitars too with, um, you know, if you've got a cheap acoustic guitar. Yeah, but nobody really plays those. So. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> Just putting, um, and Stu Mack, another shout out to them. They do. Um, no affiliation. No affiliation. You can get, um, if you've got a Gibson or a Martin, um, you can, and you have a cheaper um, plastic or f- uh, there's some other materials that are like Corian and Tusk, uh, which are all far inferior to bone. To real bone mm. and you can get um a bone saddle um and put that in the guitar and if you have a pl- i mean even like on a really cheap yamaha you put a bone saddle on there and the difference mind-blowing interesting so much tone. bridges are more sensitive than what what the average person will think i mean you can <clears throat> what they do with violins if you want to mute the sound on your violin you get another piece of wood, which is called a mute, yeah, and you add it to that bridge, it, you kind of slide it down. It looks like a pinches. comb almost. It does, and it what it does is it it prevents the bridge from resonating more. And yeah, you get more of a yeah. It's good for practice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's something. Also, that's a good point. Um, if you do have uh, an arch top or or an acoustic, and you're or playing, semi hollow or semi hollow, yeah. and and you just want to kind of dull the, some of the acoustic. Just a little piece of cloth, just even weaving it in between your strings will take care of it. Sure. Anyways, um, okay, wake up, everybody. Sorry, arch tops and stuff. And it's, it's, for, it's an electric arch top, so give me a break. So everybody who's listening is probably wondering, dude, why are you talking to this dude? <laughs> this fella, Matt Olson of Mattaverse. Um and the the reason is, everyone, as I kind of mentioned before, uh, I, I spend an awful lot of time on Instagram, and I ran across uh, a video, and then quickly fell down a rabbit hole of uh, Instagram posts that this uh, fella Mattaverse was was creating, and um, I. I was just, I was, I was really entertained and very intrigued because I think I was seeing something that was, was kind of uh, different. A lot of pedals, there, there's a whole slew of pedals that are sort of like duals, like it has this huge range of what it can do. And what I seem to be seeing was somebody who is putting a little bit more of a laser focus on functionality. Um, and, and I have also mentioned in the past that I, we try to focus on makers and builders, luthiers, etc., that are doing something unique, not only with their, with the, the product that they're making, but how they're getting in front of us and, and making us pay attention to them. Um, and I definitely found that in spades, uh, both with the product and, uh, the the manner in which you were giving us those things. So, yeah, what microphone? What microphone says what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I wanted to get uh, Matt on here and and have him tell us about uh, his approach, uh, how he got started uh, in 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 guitar, at what point he decided to uh, to get into pedals uh, and. Um, and talk a little bit about his approach, which is pretty unique. So, without further ado, Matt Olson of Mattaverse. Okay, well, I mean, thanks for all the, the kind things you said. I appreciate the the feedback. Sometimes on the internet you put stuff on there, and it's hard to really gauge if people are, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, the engagement is somewhat superficial because it's not that hard to click the like button or whatever it may be. Yeah. But I appreciate the kind words. Uh, I mean, as far as the, how did I get to making pedals? I don't know how far back you want to go. Well, how um, did you, how did you decide that guitar, uh, was, 
a, a thing for you? Uh, I mean, I guess that goes back to like, you know, junior high, a buddy and me, you know, used to spend a majority of our time playing Game Boy or video games. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh-huh. Uh, as you do at that age. And then, you know, he had an uncle that played guitar and they had some sort of a bit of a more musical family than mine was. But he suggested we get guitars, you know. So, of course, we did as a lot of teenagers do. Got our PV guitars and our PV amp at the local music store and, you know, started hammering away trying to learn grunge music, Pearl Jam and Nirvana primarily, but all the stuff sort of around that. And then, you know, we played in that group and eventually his brother, younger brother, joined the group. And anyway, so that's what got me into guitar. But then through that, you know, we toured around, uh, you know, out of high school, we sort of got a record deal and a sort of an imprint on a label out of New York and got a chance to tour around for a couple of years and play with some of the bands we liked in the 90s uh, opening for them, <laughs> like uh, Days of the New or Live or Seven Mary Three, sort of a lot of the bands we sort of grew up covering, I guess at that point, you know, it was the early 2000s. So they were more on their, we're going to play the hits tour to try and keep making some money. But, you know, so music was a pretty big part of my life, but I didn't start building pedals at all until the last few years and i'm 35 now so <laughs> so uh, what at what point did you maybe i'm getting off track of it because it's such a long long past no 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 that's cool um uh you said you do you remember what your first guitar was oh yeah i had a yamaha student electric uh, that i bought with paper out money i bought from my brother's cool friend at college that he had like bought and he had like an old little PB I, backstage combo or whatever, like back when they really looked like truck bed liner. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. right. Yeah, I've had a couple of those too. Yeah. My buddy has one of those Yamahas as a starter. Yeah, and it's he sort still of like has a, it. And we're like almost 40 years old. See, that's pretty cool, I think. I never yeah. really hung on to it. I always thought I sucked it the first years because because of that guitar. And then one time I, my buddy's uncle came and played it. And I was just like, oh, God, it's definitely not the guitar. Mm. <laughs> well, you know, you can set it up and it's actually a decent guitar, you know. Oh yeah, no, I I'm nice just saying like guitar. I was I was trying to blame the guitar and the right, guitar was the course. problem. It was that I couldn't I'm still doing thing. that, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why I got new pickups cuz I'm like I sound like crap. I must need new pickups. So, uh is there anybody in particular that made you want to start playing guitar? Like it, did you did you have an influence or did you hear somebody you know, a, an album or a tape or something where you're like, oh my gosh, I have to do, I, I, I got to figure out what that feels like. Uh, I mean, at first, I mean, we were, my buddies and I were big, big Pearl Jam fans. So we'd tape them on Saturday Night Live and watch it over and over. Mm. And Nirvana, of course, too. I mean, as far as like guitar specific people, like I got pretty in, big into, you know, Stevie Ray Vaughan when I was a teenager, like a lot of young guitar players do, yeah. I guess. And we got pretty obsessed with him, you know, and trying to, I think I had a, I'm sure I know I had an SRV Strat, you know. Wow. And, and I'd try and play Texas Flood for hours in my bedroom poorly. <laughs> but you tried. The, I didn't have the finger strength. But yeah, I mean, I was big into that. And, you know, we were in a, playing around in the band, playing four-hour cover shows all during that time. So it's That's always good cool. to fill time playing more solos in the key of E over Man. spit up sped up Eric Clapton songs, but so you, you started, you started making pedals and, uh, give us a story behind that. Like where did you start and why? Yeah, the pedal, the pedal building started, I guess it's only been probably a few years ago. I'd always been wanting to learn about it and it sort of gotten books and stuff in the past and just could never make any progress you know i guess went as far as like buying like those kids circuit sets that basically just like push together with plastic you know <laughs> i tried those years ago and like didn't really hook up with anything but the radio i sort of got ones right the radio yeah I, yeah yeah exactly you know everybody sort of had those kits when they were kids or whatever but never really you know took in with me i never really felt like i got it and then you know, over the years, I got sort of big into synthesizers and analog synths and bought mm. a bunch of those to play with. And then, 
you know, I was sort of just going crazy because I sort of traded the guitar fix of trading guitars and amps and all that stuff for like doing that with synthesizers then. And then I ended up sort of getting this old analog synth at a pawn shop. Then I had a tech I know fix it up and I made like, you know, $2,000 selling it. And I was like, all right, instead of just like buying another <laughs> synth and then just sort of like trading all my money away till I'm back down to the Casio keyboard, like... I'm going to like use this money to like try and fail at building stuff. You know what I mean? Hmm. So at first it just started out, you know, like building like a clone of a boost pedal. You know what I mean? You know, a lot of people that get into like audio electronics sort of start with the same sort of basic guitar circuits, which is often like a boost or something or a tone control or, you know what I mean? Just like the things you'd put in a guitar itself. So so the the synth that you sold that was sort of seed money to start the the pedal venture. Yeah, it was exactly. It was like this is sort of like free money, and normally I would fritter it away on buying and selling more gear. You know what I mean? And paying for shipping as I got the seventh amp for that year. You know, oh, man. <laughs> and then <laughs> I can't get out of that loop, man. Yeah, so like it was sort of like a means to get out of that, but it was also like, all right, you know, you're not gonna like you're a moron. You can't really like. It's not sticking to read the books or to watch the YouTube videos, you know what I mean? I have to, like, try and learn how to solder and solder stuff together and just, like, screw it up over and over. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah. being to be like, okay, well, it's going to cost me $10 to do this wrong, and then it's going to cost me 10 more to do it wrong the next time. But by the fifth time, like, you're starting to do it right, you know what I mean? That would and have cost I, you $50. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, now <laughs> I'm sort of gaining, like, a better, like, I'm no electrical engineer by any means, but I'm getting like a better uh, intuitive understanding of some basic principles. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if I put that in the wrong place, this bad thing's always going to happen. Like, <laughs> you know, I got to learn that it goes here instead or whatever it may be. But then from that, you know, I just started building first like little noisemakers like drone sense because that's like another sort of entry point. And there's a book I I got called, I think it's called like the art of hardware hacking or something, but it's more based around like circuit bending toys and, hmm. and sort of basic like oscillator circuits. And that's something I had sort of gotten into. I had purchased a couple like circuit bent things and some weird stuff people have made off eBay and things like that. And was always curious about it. So, well, you know, initially I just started building those and like putting them in little tins and stuff. And then I put them on reverb or whatever. And I ended up starting selling some of them and I was like oh this is weird you know what I mean I didn't think anybody would really care about them so I was just trying to make them like in weird cat tints and stuff to make sort of like a you know something that made noise and did something that you could sort of manipulate like a like a synthesizer that had knobs you know like it was yeah yeah but something that also sort of looked looked interesting and was cool on its own you know what I mean that even when it wasn't well, let me ask you this. So, like the pedals that you sent us that that we've been playing with are are very interesting and they're 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 um, super unique, you know, as as far as noise makers go. And I think some of the the perplexingness, I think that Todd was getting at, is you know, you know, you're talking about your your heroes, Seven Mary Three and Pearl Jam and Stevie Ray Vaughan. Those guys would probably th these are pretty out there. You know, as far as pedals go, as far as being interesting and unique and, you know, yeah. if, if it's you, almost the exact opposite of what those guys yeah. are about. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, a lot, a lot of that stems, though, from like, you know, I was big into like those groups and that, you know, blues music and that kind of stuff when I was a teenager. And then once I wasn't, you know, as I sort of got out of high school and things like my musical taste varied pretty widely <laughs> away well, from that. Yeah. So so with that, like I. Me and Todd were playing with some of these pedals, and we're sort of like thinking about, man, like what what's the band, what's the artist, you know, for you that that would just be a dream come true of X Y Z artist um, is sold out Madison Square Gardens or or you know I don't know the, the Ryman <laughs> Auditorium or something really prestigious. And they're using your pedals and everyone's like, how do you do that? Oh, he's got those Matoverse pedals. <laughs> who's who's sort of your your dream, you know, you know, someone like that, 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 you know, would find your pedals and, and that would really serve their style of music? Uh, I don't know if I really think about it quite from that perspective, but I can say that like stuff that probably influenced, you know, me in that direction. I mean, I was big into 
Radiohead, but I didn't really get into them until Kid A. So I sort of started on the weird stuff. So I always sort of like the weird stuff better. You Mm. know, I mean, I like a lot of weird. I guess my wife says it's weird. You know, (laughs) she doesn't like what's this weird noises in this. You know, I like deer hoof and other, you know, animal. I like, you know, it's like I don't really uh, I don't stay on anything for too long, but I get pretty into things for short periods of time. Mm. So. I just won a trophy in here because right right as you were about to say what the name was, I looked over to Chris and I said, Johnny Greenwood. <laughs> and <they> were, <laughs> I'm pretty big into radio. I was like, yes, I win. Winner. I'm a winner. <laughs> uh, hey, real quick, Jared, why don't you tell everybody what pedals we have in front of us so, you can, so they can understand what we're referencing here. Well, <clears throat> the first two pedals I actually had and used, tested out, was the drone tone and the bad passenger fuzz liked them both uh the other two is swell delay and uh the wobble room i did not get to use the swell delay but uh i used the wobble room it was pretty pretty cool um i love the design on these the visual uh is on the, the visual design on these pedals is just fantastic it goes right with the the effect in my opinion um yeah kind of they kind of feel like the pedal which i think yeah is, is cool that's that's a that's a thing it, it the lights the knobs um pretty user-friendly too um drone tone i had some fun with um and you know what something i wanted to mention before i got into actually looking at these pedals in front of me when i when i use these pedals myself I kind of thought of, uh, I kind of um, associated these effects with the band Muse. Okay, uh, sure, yeah. Yeah, I think that I think he has those effects inside of his guitar or something like that. But well, he had he had a uh, an actual a touch screen on the front of his guitar. guitar. I mean, that was one thing that they did, yeah. but they they're more than that, obviously. Well, yeah, but that's that's just uh, what I associated the these pedals yeah. with, but. And I like that music too. Yeah. But uh but yeah, I, I used the three out of the four really I, I liked all three of them. I I messed around with them for a while. Yeah. Um the drone tone was really cool. You you just mess with the re 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 you know. And you get the and <laughs> so let, the, let's uh, let's explain what here's that the is. mix volume. You can mix that too. Yeah. Let's explain that real quick. Or, or actually, instead of us explaining it, why don't we have the maker kind of uh maybe run us through these uh, four particular ones, and then uh, kind of get into any of the other things you want to uh, chat about real quick uh, with the, the other the other pedals. So, s- starting with the drone tone, Matt. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, with that one, it was pretty much I was sort of making these drones. Sort of made that you know, it's basically just like a pulsing sound that you can sort of set the speed and pitch of. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people would say, oh, you know, can I plug my guitar into this? You know, and at the time, like I hadn't really considered wanting to do that. But <laughs> after people like, started messaging me and asked me about it, I was like, oh, I don't know. You know, and so I experimented around with that and tried to do like sort of a basic version of that. And actually, the first pedal that did that was this one I don't build anymore called the Gator Drone Fuzz, which is sort of like the drone tone combined with the bad passenger fuzz in one pedal. I mean, wow. totally it was, that must it was be slightly mental. It was slightly different, but like initially I had it connected with the fuzz cause the sort of the pulsing sound would sort of like, uh, make sort of weird, you know, like, I don't know, audio artifacts or whatever. It would push the amp funny and it would make the guitar respond differently. But I mean, with the drone tone now, primarily what I use it for is I set it to like a, a pitch, like a low E, for example, or a A on the low string, and then I just set it to a rate, and I almost sort of just jam along with it like a, mm. a metronome that has a pitch. So it's sort of like a metronome with a pitch center for me. Uh, you know, and other than that, you know, you can also set it to the drone mode and do sort of just like the pitch sweep kind of stuff yeah. for crazy effects, but... Yeah, I mean, that was sort of the idea behind that was it was a separation of those two pedals, but also just like a really basic introduction to this kind of an idea. Yep. 
in a guitar pedal because you know I'm, for most people it has no practical use whatsoever you know what i mean it's <laughs> it's not like a, you're not going to sell like a million of them you know what i mean it's not going to be like the ds1 or something that was that was such an epic description of that. oh that, that was really funny i mean that's probably the case for like almost all of my pedals you know like that's the, <laughs> i don't have any illusions of being like the cuz i mean honestly i think there's so many builders out there that do like the classic guitar pedals like sure. so 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 good that it's like you know what i mean why would you bother trying to make a better yeah. this because they've already done it they've already done it five times like people that are like you know Wampler. not only like the big yeah. players like boss and stuff who have like a team of engineers <laughs> yeah. in japan that have you know been being engineers for their whole lives well, that's but even the the, things- like you know smaller builders like like chase bliss like he can't be that guy I mean, look, you know, if you're trying to get like a pedal that can do everything in that particular effect category, yeah. you know what I mean? It's yeah. like you're not going to find anything better or be able to engineer it better. I can't. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's one of the things me and Todd were talking about with these pedals of how there, there's uh, the ones that we were messing around with, the exception of the delay one, I think. There's and But even with the delay one, there's sort of this like thing going on of this is the pedal you'd want to use at the end of the, the trippy song to make a sure. lot of crazy yeah. noise and then you yeah. bend down at the end or, of the song or the moment it's a it's a moment yeah. it's sort of a moment use it's not a always on kind yeah of thing. yeah mm-hmm. something that you'd reach down and then manipulate the knobs and you know sort of get some sort of crazy trippy explosion of noise yeah uh at the end that then sort of decays out to let me touch on that really quick. Uh, you know, we we were joking around with, you, with Johnny, you know, I, the idea of Johnny Greenwood. But, um, you know, I think the what I've seen a few times in shows lately is pedal. I've seen the pedal boards on a pedestal. It should be called a pedal stool. Oh man, I'm gonna make <laughs> we're gonna make a new product. It's just a pedal board on a stand. It's called the pedal <laughs> stool. Damn it! It'll I elevate your I musical talent to now, whole new levels. Whoa. Yes. Um, anyways, uh, the idea that these are pedals that you would opt to to tweak mid song. You know, it's not set it and forget it. These are these are very much made for that. Uh, for the tweakage, um, so let's uh, let's talk about the uh, bad passenger really quick. Um, yeah, I mean that was uh, a friend of mine that I had sold one of those Gator drone fuzzes to. Really liked it, but he's like, "You should make a one knob fuzz," and it's like honestly something I had never considered doing. For one, because there's so many out there, and for two, it's like with the one knob fuzz, you can't really sell it for very much money. It's got one knob on it, <laughs> hmm. you know, and so like that. There's not really like much margin there to like make it worth your time to do it over and over. You know what I mean? Sure to build one or whatever, but that's always sort of the equation you have to run when you're building these and hoping to not lose money in the process. <laughs> this is, but yeah, I mean that one started. As, it was actually sort of meant to be the like the fuzz part of the Gator drone fuzz because some people really like the fuzz part and some people really like the drone part, but. Yeah, just separating those out, but it didn't quite well, turn out turn out exactly that way. And honestly, like it's really like sounds best if you're like already at full volume, <laughs> mm-hmm. where it's like you're not getting this huge volume boost because there is no you know the knob is just volume. So you know, I've it, I've played some. I'm not a big fuzz fan myself. And, yeah, I'm not a huge fuzz guy. And either, I've, so. I've I've used I've tried out about three or four or five different. This is my favorite one. It's. I really like this fuzz pedal. It, I played it through a, a couple of AD30 uh, orange amps, nice. and it pushed the amps. Um, I just love the way it sounded, so I, I just want to throw you that compliment. Oh, thanks. Yeah, no, I mean, it might probably would sound good for that because it's sort of a maybe a more woolly sounding fuzz. Yeah. I don't know if hmm. that's a way to describe no, it. No, I'd, I'd agree. That, that's I'd a good agree. way yeah. to describe it. Uh, I thought... <laughs> So when I said it, um, I like boost pedals. I, I'm I'm a fan of them. Um, I'm actually working on some myself. And um, so I saw this and I was like, ooh, let's see what this boost pedal does. And I knew that it was called 
you know, the bad passenger fuzz, but you also called it a boost. And I mistake, like when I turned it up, it just got really loud. And I was, I thought it was just going to get more fuzzy. <laughs> so I was like, oh crap. Yeah. It, it drove that orange amp that I, the amps that I had. Yeah. That's what I just loved it. So it's essentially, it's a boost pedal that just has an always on fuzz factor. Well, sort of. I mean, I guess it's like, a, I don't know if I marketed that as a, I have a different boost pedal, the high low boost. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, it has a huge amount of like volume that it yeah. can put out the bad passenger fuzz. So yeah, I mean, it could, it can drive anything you, you want into mayhem, I guess. If that's what do you recall having. what the, what the DB boot, uh, the DB range on that is? Uh, I'm not, I don't have that one rated in DBs so much just because like, it's always distorted to be, you know what I mean? For the yeah. most part. So okay, that's why I sort of saw it more as a fuzz, but I mean, I guess whatever the maximum number of DBs you could <laughs> output out of a pedal at once. That, that's what you should actually just put on the website. Just like the maximum number of DBs you can put on a pedal at once. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how. I guess I'm saying I don't know how I would make it louder. Yeah, like, I, I don't know how either because that got really loud. That was that was exceptionally loud. Um, but it sounds. I mean, we we played it through your. Was it Little Princeton? Little Princeton Reverb. Holy moly, man! It was making that thing thunder. Uh, on three. <laughs> so tell us about the swell delay. Yeah, the swell delay is. Uh, you know, it's basically just sort of like. A, you know, it uses that PT twenty three ninety nine delay. IC. there's tons of pedals that use that one. So it's not an analog delay pedal, but it uses that chip, and that chip is sort of known for having the analog quality where, like, the repeats sort of lose fidelity, so it sort of has that same kind of vibe as a analog delay pedal. But, you know, it doesn't do super long delay times. It probably goes up to, like, five or 600 milliseconds. And then on mine, I left the knob with, like, the last three quarters, like, it gets quite a bit noisier, mm. but you also get a lot longer delay time. You know, a lot of times people build it with that chip and they just stop it so it never can get noisy. But I'm just like, well, some people use that as an effect. And sometimes it's nice to be able to have a, as long a delay as possible. Well, yeah, you can play over a, you can play yeah. over it. So. And so the swell basically is just like, it's basically just connecting the... You know, it'd be like if you just maxed out the repeats, the repeats knob with the by pressing a button. That's essentially what the swell button's doing. So okay. anybody, anybody who's played with a delay pedal knows that when you like crank the repeats all up, it like flies off into yeah, that's self, awesome self oscillation. But by having like the swell rate knob, I'm not sure if that's a good name for it, but you can sort of set how fast that connection gets made to a certain degree. Mm. So uh, at longer times, you, that takes a longer time for that to ramp up. So a lot of times I use that now, like if you're playing out of a, you know, part of a song, a chorus, for example, like on the last chord, I'll step on the swell and sort of as you're chugging through that, you know, four or eight times, I'll let that build up and then yeah, it'll sort of decay into the next. That's what I was. Second. That's exactly how I was using it. Yeah. So, you know, you can also set it, you know, depending on where you have the repeats knob and the t- the delay time set, you can make it sort of come up really quick and short too, and you can sort of do some fun, yeah, fun things, fun things with that. So Matt, tell us about the wobble room pedal. I had that, and, and uh, I had a lot of fun using that. I so, like that pedal a lot. Yeah, that was pretty cool. It was like I was I was chugging along with the rate, and it sounded like I had more than one guitar, like three or four guitars, trying to play the. I, it was it was pretty cool. So uh, tell us a little, elaborate on the wobble room pedal. Uh, yeah, the wobble room sort of a weird one. I mean, I guess both that and the swell delay sort of came out of this warble swell mm-hmm. delay pedal. That's now the warble swell deluxe delay, but it was sort of the same bass delay circuit as the swell delay, but it also had like a, a modulation that's done like I guess optically or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm. And uh, and then I realized like the certain parts of that I liked, but when it was connected to the delay, it 
you know, it was just like couldn't do certain things that I knew it could do if it was on its own. So that's sort of a, a separation of those two into like, you know, sort of setting up the knobs and the tapers and things to uh, focus on the areas I wanted to. Mm. And part of it, too, with the Wobble Room is I wanted it to be able to do like really gross depth or sort of sweep. You know what I mean? I guess mm. if that makes sense. I wanted to be able to really go off the rails because a lot of times I'll get a a chorus pedal or something like that and it it can never really get like super gross and it seems like like a lot of the sound change is only like in the last tiny bit of the knob turn or something <laughs> and yeah. I, don't, I don't feel like i'm getting like a huge effect you know like i can't so i guess it's just like and also because i wanted to part of the goal of building pedals i wanted to like build all the pedals that i would want instead of buying them Right. So it's like I wanted to have a vibrato or chorusy type pedal. <laughs> so oh, that's I why you. I built it. I mean, a lot of the stuff I build is just I like, you know, I, I want to build it for myself. And I'm like, well, instead of making one, I should make, you know, start out just being I'll make 10. You know what I mean? Sure. And I'll put them up for sale and see what happens. And then if I sell those, well, then I'll make 10 more, I guess. You know what I mean? Yeah. T- touch on that really quick, because I think that's. Anybody who is dabbling, so I've been dabbling in pedals and not to be like, oh, I'm going to, you know, go be a pedal builder because, you know, there's a lot, like you mentioned, there's a lot of people out there doing that and there's a lot of people out there doing it really well and I'm not one of them. Um, But I love the idea of getting into the things that I'm working with. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think it's when you do finish a pedal, you're like, this is a really great pedal. I bet a lot of people would buy this. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, at what point did you did you say with that with that first or second pedal? You're like, you know what? I I wonder if people would buy this. Like, hey, go walk us through that a little bit. Well, I guess it probably started with some of the drone type synthesizer things that don't have any guitar input. Those are the things I first started selling, and you know. When I first started selling those, I like I said, I had done those tins and things, and I sold those, and it was sort of hard to work with the tins and to find enough weird tins at the thrift store and things to keep that going. So I was like, all right, well, then I'll you know, try and get the Hammond boxes or whatever and make something that's like a little easier to build repeatably. And that's sort of what led to all the other things. To begin with, I didn't plan on building any guitar pedals for exactly like all the things we've been talking about. You know what I mean? It's like there's right. just so many of them out there. And this and that. But then it was like, oh, well, I sort of wanted to build some for myself. And then then I started combining some of the drone synth things with guitar pedals. And I'm like, oh, well, this is sort of different. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's, not a huge, there's not a huge market for it. But there's a way bigger market for guitar pedals than there is for, like, uh, drone synthesizers on their own. You know what I mean? Right. So it was sort of like a marriage of those two things. So, I mean, that's sort of like a, part of the reason a lot of the pedals are pretty basic in a certain degree you know what i mean they don't do like 10 things they do like one or two things <laughs> because i want them to be like simple and knobby you know what i mean yeah. a lot of us just started trying to build things i wanted and then it came to the point where it's like okay i've made some money back so now i can reinvest that into like you know trying to learn how to do it better or try a new idea you know so some pedals i'll build you know i'll sell not that many over a period of six months, you know what I mean? A particular model. And then sometimes you'll sell a bunch, a bunch of one for a while, you know, it's sort of, do you mind explaining just, just out of curiosity? Cause I think, you know, uh, you're, you're a perfect example of like, Hey, I didn't try to set out to do this, but ta-da. <laughs> yeah. what is, what is a lot and what is many? Like, do you mind say, telling us that? Oh yeah. No, for me, I mean, I don't, last year was like the first year I tried to, I made, I guess I could say it's the first year I made an effort to sell something. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. <laughs> like, you know, I'm going to build 10 or 20 of these and like for the purpose of sale, you know what I mean? Not right. to keep them all for myself. So uh, last year I sold like 239 Holy or something like that. You know, that's between For not trying and, to sell something, that's pretty, that's pretty great. Yeah, pedals and drone synths. And I, I had really just been doing that maybe more seriously in the, you know the last six or eight months of the year so you're quitting your day job is what you're saying no not even close unfortunately. <laughs> but anyway so i started you know I, I got like a lot of good feedback from people and also something i do with pedals i always send out like 
music because primarily like for the last 20 years I've been playing and making music in a variety of formats. So right. to a certain degree, it was like I wanted the pedals just to be another introduction to whatever. I mean, that's sort of where Madoverse came from. It's sort of a dumb name for guitar pedals, but like, what? <laughs> you know, like I had like so many different, I had probably like five or six different music projects online. You got all the flipping Facebook pages and yeah. Bandcamp accounts. And like, it was sort of an effort to try and like compress all of these things under one heading. You know I what like, I mean? I like the name. Yeah. yeah it's, but it's the, the guitar pedals were just right? sort of an, yeah, an extension of that because you know, it's more about, for me, it's more of like a holistic thing. They're all sort of feeding off each other. You know what I mean? So when I sort of lose the Jones or the drive to write and record music, well, then I can build these things and sort of make them yeah. look like neat things. And then I can make music with these things and make videos. And that sort of gets me re-inspired to, you know, play the guitar and write songs. So I'm trying to look at it as a feedback loop. <laughs> well, I suspect that there's a lot of people, um, in your shoes, so to speak, of, um, you know, I've got a full-time job, um, I'm really into guitar, and I want to do something with that that's beyond, uh, I don't want to be a rock star. Like, I, yeah. I you know, I, I want to build something. And I, wa I, I want to be a rock star. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, I don't know, I think that there's a real big push in our culture right now where we see people, whether that's, you know, I've got a side project that's a band or yeah. I've started uh, making handmade microphones or I have started um, doing voiceover, you know, whatever. I, I think that there's, that there's a huge drive for that. And that's, that's cool, man. Yeah. It's funny because that's us, us three. You know, all actually, every all four of us on the podcast right now are all suffering from that, <laughs> or or, yeah, or, or not I suffering, mean, but you know, it sounded like in your guys' introductions or whatever, what you've been up to in the week, like that you're all involved in making or working on stuff. I mean, I think a lot of it for me is comes down to like wanting to work with my hands. I don't know what you guys do for jobs, but mine is like in front of a computer, like typing into spreadsheets, basically. You know what I mean? It's seems like a lot of jobs are technology based. So a lot of it for me was wanting to like make things that I could touch. I've worked in factories, like machine shops and stuff too. And it's like, essentially you're just making the widget with a different right. tool. You know what I mean? You're just like taking something and making it look like something everybody wants it to look like, whatever that may be, yeah, whether it's a yeah. widget or a spreadsheet or a report or blah, blah, blah. Well, I think that's something that we're seeing it just in our culture of like, I, I want to do something. It's, it's rock and it needs to be productive. You want to make, there's a, I think a real drive. And I think even for us with the podcast yeah. of like, there's and, a satisfaction. everything else. Yeah. There's a satisfaction, but like, sweet, that's in the can, that's out there. That's a thing. Well, we're removed. Uh, we've become much more removed from product, from, from producing things, from making things, from craft. And I mean, you know, over the last couple of years, every, almost every major uh, corner of our lives and culture has been a a boom of craft. Like, you want soap? Holy moly, there's a hundred yeah. people that are making handmade soap. Yeah. You want paper towels? There's some in the bathroom. But if you want, <laughs> I don't, there's there's nothing that isn't handcrafted now, which is really cool. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's maybe some of that's a rebellion against like the WalMarts of and you yeah. know of this world. But yeah, that there's something like inherently kick ass about I made this with my hands and it's you know yeah. special and unique and there's a story there and it you know you know for guys like us it makes noise. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I uh, yeah, I, mean, I think the, the internet just enabled like people to see what other people are doing. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. With places like Etsy and stuff like that. Like mm -hmm. it's just, you can make whatever thing you want, like and put it on there. You know, maybe nobody will look at it. And for the most part, like as a percentage base, it's nobody is looking at it. You know what I mean? And nobody ever will, but the world's a pretty big place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of people that end up being almost like into the exact same things that you're into in a strange way. Yep. Yeah. Well, we're just hoping to connect with them all the time. 
Yeah, um, there's so many of us. So just out of curiosity, when you're sitting down to you're like, yeah, I think I'm going to start messing around with this new idea I have for, you know, a wobble fuzz. I don't know. That's an idea, yep. by the way. You can take that and run with it. Um, <laughs> do you are you sort of um, I guess a traditionalist as far as like, well, I better sit down to my breadboard um, or like, how do you go about like with your initial exploration? Is there, are you a pen and paper guy? What, what happens? Uh, it's sort of a little bit of both. I mean, I definitely need the breadboard to see if it's viable. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I mean, a lot of times it's just thinking about what it is I think I want it to do. You know what I mean? And then trying to think like what aspects of what I've already done, like could be used as potential building blocks. You know what I mean? Right. Cause like in guitar pedals, it's like pretty modular in a way, like every pedal, the guitar needs to go in and needs to go out. Right. So it needs to go through something and it's like almost needs, always needs like not while it's off, but while it's on, like it's got to go through some sort of a buffer or something so that you can mix whatever you're doing with it or vice versa or mix it into something like most of the stuff in guitar pedals, like there's not that many different different ways to skin the cat, I guess. Well, that, that, that's a great segue. Where do you see Mattiverse Electronics going? Like, and I don't mean give us your 10-year, you know, yeah. <laughs> PowerPoint, uh, but like, you know, what, surely you're, you, you, you're making products that, that give us the impression that you're thinking ahead of wherever you're at right now. Uh, what, yeah. what, what, what are you, what are you thinking about right now? Where are you, where are you going? I mean, probably more on the less traditional guitar pedal line. I mean, I'll probably keep building like the fuzz and the high and the boost and possibly the wobble room, but like those aren't like, there's so many pedals in those categories already. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like nobody has like an empty spot on their board for another boost or one knob fuzz. But they, just but they don't have awesome video backgrounds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I mean, you know, I mean, I don't know. I don't like, I don't do it for a living. And, you know, though, like once you start selling some, you're like, oh, maybe I could do this for a living and my life would be amazing. But I mean, I don't know. The reality of it is like you'd have to make so many you know what I mean? That sure. you probably like want to jump off a cliff. You know what I mean? Like, well, that's why it, that's why it's interesting talking to people like you because you're you're making a dent in our guitar world. You 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 have a present. You have a presence, yeah. and but you're doing it out of out of a passion move, not because you have made a career choice. And I yeah. think that that's unique um, among. A lot of craftsmanship, to be quite honest, um, and and the fact that it isn't simply that you know talking about soap is like, hey, nothing. I'm not knocking anybody that's making a handmade soap, but guess what? It's handmade soap, and and you're not going to innovate. Likely, there's not going to be massive innovation in handmade soap, but there is like a world of possibility just with a simple resistor change. You know, like uh, I think that's part of the thing that's so fascinating about this kind of uh, craft. Hmm. Yeah, that's cool. cool. Well, um, Matt, we're going to move on to a super exciting, uh, if we can stand any more excitement, portion of our little podcast here. Okay. Chris is Chris is Chris is going to deliver it to to the world right now. We're going to play the guitar version of "Would You Rather, 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 Rather." We need we see the thing is the only effect that we ever have for any kind of an intro is just echo. So maybe that maybe that's a pedal, Matt. You can work on uh in an intro pedal. There we go. Or we could do like this three that has like eight knobs. Would you on rather? It. Would you rather? Would you rather? Would you rather? Would you rather? So here we go. Here, here's my would you rather question for you. Would you rather, um, let me find it here. Would you rather have the... We, we all get to answer this, We all get way. to answer this. We're going to go in the circle. Would you rather be super a super famous musician in your own lifetime, but you're a talentless hack, or have zero musical success until after you die, but you're a musical genius? 
That's a good one. Okay, let's let's give Matt. Well, he just talked for a whole long time, and let's let's let him get a little bit of water and ponder that. And we're gonna hit Jared with that. There we go. I'll repeat it: super famous and successful, but terrible musician, or not successful in your own lifetime, but you're a musical genius. I will take the latter. I will take the not rich and famous, but you're uh, a genius. But a genius in music, yes. I, I would any day. Guys, I've, me personally, I've dealt with some people that that have had the fame and all that kind of thing. And I, don't, I just don't want to be one of them guys that are up playing the same song that they've been playing for 40 years. I feel for those guys. You know, mm. Can you imagine being the Eagles and playing Hotel California for 40 years? I mean, can you... Can you, can you I, imagine like a a gold lined swimming pool that they're probably no, <laughs> drinking a mai tai? I don't have in to have that right now. I just me personally, <laughs> I don't have to have the the I don't know what the the Scrooge Duck the, the swimming pool of money and gold. I just don't have to have all that, man. No, I I, I get that. I would take a different approach to this question. I would much rather be a talentless hack who's uh, successful in his own lifetime. However, I would probably preface it with a talentless hack who doesn't take himself seriously. Okay. If, if you, if if I knew I was a talentless hack, and then it was just ridiculous that I was like, yeah, I had one hit wonder, a bunch of hits, but they were all terrible. Well, that's the I James Franco that. effect. Yeah, exactly. Where yeah. he's like, I, stupid, I mean, whatever. But it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he is kind of a genius, actually, in doing that. Matt Olson of Mattoverse. I'd probably lean towards the the latter one, but so so a musical you'd rather be a musical genius and no one ever know. Yeah, I mean, I think for me it probably comes more down to like the experience during life. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people that are famous, whether they're talentless hacks or not, like aren't really like necessarily enjoying it necessarily that much more than the guy that never gets any attention <laughs> yeah like the struggle i think or whatever like the trying to write a great song or whatever it may be like i think that sort of was a never-ending <laughs> yeah now if, if there was a choice where you could have that not be there and like you could just enjoy it and whatever comes comes but i think it's always going to be a struggle to <laughs> hmm. can i jump in please <laughs> yes. thank you yes uh, well, let me give an example <laughs> Because uh, him and I are kind of on the same line here, you know, the same show. Uh, the name's not coming to me. Um, not Steve Martin, but... Uh, Steve Winwood. No. George Martin. Uh, what about Martin Lawrence. Bob, what about Bob Actor? Bob Hope. No. Bob the, Ross. The What About Bob Actor. <laughs> Richard uh, Dreyfuss. No, the, in, in Groundhog Day. Bill Murray. Bill Murray. <laughs> Bill Murray wrote a story about how he uh, had his car breakdown or something, and he was in Marion, Ohio, or something like that. And nobody really knew who he was, and they were kind to him. They somebody found him on the side of the road, took him into town. They went to a local diner. Nobody came up to him and approached him and said, Oh, Bill Murray, give me your autograph. Blah, blah, blah. He was so thrilled about that. He wrote about it. And it was an article. It was a thing. It was a story. Huh. He was so excited about it. He threw Marion, Ohio a bone and complimented them for not, <laughs> you know, I, you know what I mean? Just flocking around him like yeah. know, flies on poop, you know. Uh, well... All right, I'm just going to play devil's advocate. I'll take being a talentless hack and and getting the payoff for it. Okay. I've I've spent most of my life being a talentless hack and not getting paid for it, so I might as well try the other side, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um yeah, that's what I would do. I mean, why not? I it, it it'd be fun to try it. But people would be talking about you like, "Man, that guy is talentless and he's a hack." But, but everybody's going to know. But so I'd be swimming in my gold line swimming pool yeah. and I wouldn't care. 
As long as you were okay with people, and I could buy so many hack. guitars hey, and millions right. of. I had so many pedals, lots, so many knobs and pedals. You know, I've had, I've been privileged to have a lot of guitars and a lot of equipment. You have some pretty I, nice stuff. I, I do, and I just, I'm, I just don't have the desire to get more anymore. I'm, I'm sad. We have to fix that. Nah, we I'm have sa- to fix that. I, I'm just kind of satisfied with the gear I am. But I will talk about gear all day. I love yeah. talking gear, man. Well, that's where mm-hmm. you and Matt seem to be very akin. Would you say so? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, I still, I still, I probably like you guys. Probably caught me at like my least gear obsessed phase in my life. Because <laughs> if you would have talked to me like two or three years ago, like I could go on forever about any gear related yeah. nonsense. Well, speaking of gear related nonsense, our gear related nonsense time is up. And we're going to say adieu to everyone. Uh, we're so grateful, Matt, for joining us. And we hope to hear a whole lot more about the new stuff that you're doing. Please, uh, please keep us informed. And um, guys, do you have any parting words for Mr. Olson, a.k.a. Matt Overse? Thank you for doing what you do. It's a lot different. And it's fun. Yeah. And so you can check out Matt's stuff at mattoverse.com. And make sure if you're not following him on Instagram, you do so because it's it's a kick. It's a hoot. It's a holler. I just want to say thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. It was good to talk to you guys. I wish I could have seen you the whole time. I think it would have been. Yeah. Good to- I agree. It would be super fun to do that. Um, to those who are listening, we we're doing this over Skype, and uh, you know we had we had a little bit of time to hang out on video for just to get sound checked. But in order to make sure that we don't we have the best connection we can, so that you get the best audio quality we can, you're we, not eating up your bandwidth. <laughs> yeah, so we we try to do that and make sure we get the audio. But um, you know, you're not too dang far away. I'm sure our paths will cross at some point. Yeah, no, no. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. I mean, uh, thanks for getting interested in my weird nonsense videos and my terrible noisemakers. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and throw it one, if you can, if you want to go up on the uh, uh, the Facebook, uh, the, the Guitar Knobs group and, and share some of the music that you're doing, that'd be really cool too, man. Yeah, sure. I can try and do that. Cool. I mean, I try and link everything through Metaverse. I'm not a I'm not a me pusher, as they say. If people want to check it out, then they're they're definitely welcome to. But I get it. Well, maybe we'll do that for you then. How about that? <laughs> okay, if you want, that's up to you. All right, all right, Matt. Thanks a lot, and yep. subscribe. That's a pedal. You just make it that sound, and you just keep it going. It oscillates forever. <laughs> Well, that's it for these knobs. Please visit us at our website at theguitarknobs.com for episodes, news, and guest profiles. You can get all social with us on our Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar knobs. Give us a tweet at guitar underscore knobs. And check out our gallery on Instagram at guitar knobs. No spaces on that one.